Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. So last week, Pastor Noe started um, started a series on... Uh, Spiritual warfare, and uh, he talked about um, preparing for war. And so this morning, I'm going to dive into uh, the power of prophetic worship, and we'll we'll kind of break that down a little better than than just uh, what it says, just the surface of it. So we all we all engage in spiritual. Uh, in a spiritual battle every day, right? Whether we realize it or not, uh, the enemy is constantly seeking to steal, kill, and destroy, as Pastor Noe told us last week. Uh, and he will use whatever tactics he can to try to bring us down or to block us from receiving direction and good plans that the Lord has for us. Whether it's people or circumstances or situations, uh, the enemy will use, he'll use it all to distract us and uh, to say it another way, we're, we're, not just fighting, uh, we're, not, we're not just fighting against things of this world that we can see and touch, but we're, the Bible says that, that we're engaged in a battle with the unseen forces of evil that seek to destroy and lead us astray, right? And I want to be clear, this is, this is not a battle that we can fight or, or even win on our own. We need help from God and the power of his Holy Spirit to overcome these spiritual attacks. And that's, that's where the good news comes in. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 says, uh, Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but we but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. These verses tell us that we have access to the mighty power of God to help us save, uh, to help us stand against the uh, evil schemes of the, of the devil. It also tells us that we need to put on the full armor of God in order to effectively fight this battle. So what is the armor of God? Well, I'm so glad you asked. The next, the next few verses of Ephesians 6 says, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle you will, stand, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth, the body, the body armor of God's righteousness, the shoes, for shoes, put on the peace that comes with the, God, with the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The belt of truth represents the foundations of our faith. The foundation that holds everything else in place. The breastplate of righteousness protects our hearts and minds. It keeps us, uh, keeping us pure and holy. The gospel of peace gives us the readiness 
to go out into the world and share the good news with others. The shield of faith, it allows us to extinguish the flaming arrows of the enemy, those doubts and fears that, that seek to bring us down. The helmet of salvation protects our minds and gives us hope for the future. And the sword of the spirit is the word of God. It's the most powerful weapon. The one that we use to cut through the lies and deception of the enemy. So as spirit-filled believers in Jesus Christ, we, we have the power and authority to overcome the enemy and his attacks through the power of the Holy Spirit and prophesying the word of God. <laughs> you got me, I don't know what you're laughing at. <laughs> oh, they, she jumped ahead of me. Come on, Callie. You gave the punchline away. <laughs> One of the most powerful ways that we can do this is through prophetic worship. All right, so here it comes. <laughs> to understand what moving in the prophetic is, we, we could probably look at what it is not. All right, let's see what we got here. It is not Obi-Wan telling the stormtroopers, these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> the next one is... It is not Hagrid saying, Harry, you're a wizard. <laughs> it is not Gandalf slamming his staff and yelling, you shall not pass. <laughs> the prophetic is not wizardry or movie magic or uh, a bunch of parlor tricks. It's not palm reading. It's not fortune telling. It's not tarot cards or horoscopes. These things are demonic counterfeit perversions of the prophetic. And nowadays, it's, it's, a, uh, it's pretty commonplace to see you, you, you put on it, you get on any kind of social media and you see them. You say, oh, well, what, is your, what is your card for today? What is your, what is your reading today? And, and it's, 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 it's crazy. They're, they're putting it with the facade of Christianity. But the prophetic is a real supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's a byproduct of walking closely with God, being in tune with his word and knowing his voice. We see this play out uh, as, as prophetic worship in the life of King David before he was even king. He was, he was a, a shepherd tending his sheep in his father's field. And the king then was, was Saul. And Saul was not in good standing with God. And so God sent the prophet to anoint David as, king, as the next king. Once David was anointed, fast forward a little bit. Once David was anointed, he began to serve and in, in actually serving in Saul's court. And Saul was tormented by evil spirits. But when David was play his heart, Holy Spirit would come into the room and, and drive out those dark forces that tormented him. We also see prophetic worship in, in uh, 2 Kings 3 where prophet Elisha calls for, calls for a musician to come and play. And as, he begin, as the musician begins to play, prophet Elisha begins to prophesy that, that a drought would be over and that it, it wouldn't even come from rain. It was just gonna, like water was just gonna come from the ground. 
But it was in those, those worship moments that, that, that God moved and God spoke to his people. As we dive into this aspect of worship, it, it's, it's important to understand what prophetic worship is and how it differs from worship, regular worship, right? Which, it's, it, there's a fine line there. It's hard to, it can be hard to, to separate the two because cross that line real quick when God's moving. And he's always moving. It's us. Prophetic worship is not just about singing songs and lifting our hands to God. It's about entering into a conversation with him, a conversation that is infused with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's declaring the word of God and speaking things into existence at the guidance of the Holy Spirit. It's a way of bringing his presence and power into a situation, and it's a way of releasing the heart of God into the world. To do this, we, we must know his word. We must abide in his word. We must read it and spend time with him regularly, praying and singing in the spirit at all times. While we're driving or shopping or taking care of our kids or cleaning our kids' rooms because we told them a hundred times, Instead of screaming at them, let's just start praying in tongues because we know we need it. At all times, Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent with your prayers for all believers everywhere. And as we do this, we'll grow to realize the gifting and the calling in us. The Holy Spirit wants, wants and even desires for us to want these gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 3 says, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities of the spirit that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Since people, don't, since people won't understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But then verse three says, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. Prophetic worship does the same thing. It speaks to the heart of God and it speaks to the hearts of those who are worshiping around you. It's a powerful way to connect with God and receive his guidance and direction in our lives. It's, it's a... As I mentioned earlier, it's, it, prophetic worship is not just about singing and speaking words. It's also about being open and receptive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's about being willing to let go of our own agendas and plans and allow God to speak through us and guide us and direct us in the way he wants to go. There was a time I shared with the uh, worship team this morning uh, before, before they went into rehearsal and... Um, you know, we, we, plan out, we plan out these services a month in advance, you know? Like, we know what songs we're going to sing. We know who's going to lead the songs. We know, uh, we know which arrangement we're going to do. We know the tempo. We know the key. We know everything about every song that we're going to do. 
But one Sunday morning, I got up to, we went through rehearsal. We went through rehearsal and I was, I was to open the service with the first song. And uh, as soon as I stepped up to the microphone, I heard Holy Spirit tell me, just sing about my goodness. And that was not on the set list at all. But I was obedient. And, and there's a song that we do from time to time. We used to do it a lot more. I think we should do it more. <clears throat> <laughs> but it's called You Are Good. It's by Bethel. It says, I sing because you are good. I dance because you are good. And I shout because you are good. It's a very simple song. But it just declares his goodness. And I kid you not, as soon as we started that song, it was like praise erupted in this place. I'd be hard pressed to believe that that it would have went the same way if I would have stayed on, on track with what we had planned. I'm pretty sure God knows better. So how do we enter into worship, prophetic worship? It starts with humility and surrender. We must be willing to lay aside our own desires and our ego and to seek the face of God with all our hearts. We must be willing to listen to his voice and follow his leading. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're learning to hear the voice of God and you're taking that step of faith and you begin to release a word of prophecy or even sing out in the prophetic, sometimes you're going to get it wrong. <laughs> I've gotten it wrong. But it's, it's, it's that practice, it's that knowing his voice, it's learning to hear his voice, you know? <laughs> a quick little story, it's not in my notes, this one's free. Um, we, we, were, uh, we were somewhere on a, uh, on a leader, well, actually we were in Tennessee where Pastor Becky and Pastor Noe are, just, we're headed today. Uh, and we were in, in this, uh, in Kate, there's a place called Cade's Cove in Pigeon Forge. And there's a lot of like just really old church houses and, uh, they're just open air buildings now and people go in and, you know, do whatever, um, but our group, we went in and we had worship and, uh, we're singing old hymns cause it's fitting. And, uh, Holy Spirit began to move on my heart and said, uh, he, he gave, gave me a word and I knew it was for these people that just had, had just walked in. And, uh, so we, we continued to worship and I saw those people leave. They weren't with our group. And I, I said, all right, I'm going to do it. So I went out and I said, hey, I'm one of those crazy Christians that believe I can hear from God. And I'm pretty sure I heard God about you. I said, I said can, I, can I share something with you? And he goes, yeah, sure. Kind of looked at me funny, right? Well, 
I gave him the word and I said, I said, I feel like, you know, I said, do you know a, I don't remember what the name was. Do you, we'll call him Matt. Do you know a Matt? He goes, nope. <laughs> Are you sure? Like there's nobody named Matt in your life at all? Pretty sure God's got a pretty good word for him. Don't know him. Oh, that took the wind right out of my sails. I was so embarrassed. I've never been more embarrassed in my life. Well, yes, I have, actually. But that was, we, we, we got to surrender our ego if we're going to do anything with God. It also involves faith and expectancy. We must believe that God is going to speak, to speak to us and move in our midst. And we must have the expectation that he's going to do something new and powerful and that he is going to use us to bring about his purpose. I'm sorry, I'm still, I'm still thinking about those people that I, I thought I had a word for. <laughs> uh, you had to be there. Jessica was there. She's like, are you sure? <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> Finally, it involves obedience. When we, when we hear God, when he speaks to us through prophetic worship or during our prayer time or whatever, when he speaks to us, we must be willing to act on what he says to us. We must be willing to take the step of faith that he is calling us to take, no matter how difficult or uncertain they may seem. And some may argue nowadays that prophetic worship is not necessary or uh, or that it's something maybe that only certain people can do. But the truth is, it's, it's for every believer. It's, it's, it's for every believer. It's, the way, it's a way for us to connect to God and to be used by him to bring about his purposes in the world. If, there's, if, there's, if you hear some, some repeats in this... It, I want, to, I want to make, it's because I want to make a point. One of the keys to understanding the, the power of prophetic worship is to recognize that it's not just about us. It's about, it's about God and his kingdom. It's about promoting his agenda. Pastor Noe and I went to a, we heard, we heard a speaker uh, one time and uh, it was this last year and, and it, this, it was promoted as like prophetic conference and so we're like hey let's go check it out and uh, we get there and the speaker who was who said he was teaching on prophetic was on, on prophecy and it was very agenda driven. There was no, there was no hearing God in it. It was all questionable. Yeah. 
You could twist it to say it was God's agenda, but it wasn't, it wasn't how I read in the Bible of the gift of prophecy. Jumped off my notes and I don't know where I'm at. It's important that we must be in tune with the leading of the Holy Spirit when we worship prophetically. We must be willing to listen to his voice and be aware of what he's doing around us. So one of the ways that we can one of the ways that prophetic worship can be used in spiritual warfare is by declaring the truth of God's word over our lives and circumstances. When we engage in prophetic worship, we are in fact declaring the truth of God's word and his promises over our lives. The de this declaration of truth can have a powerful effect in the breaking power, in breaking the power of the enemy and his lies over our lives. Sorry, I don't know. For example, when we sing songs or declare scriptures that speak of God's love, his faithfulness, and his provision, we are speaking these truths over our lives in, into our circumstances. No matter what we may be seeing in the natural, when we, when we begin to speak these things, we are, we're saying to the enemy, I know who I am in Christ, and I know what God has promised me. Your lies and your attacks will not prevail against me because I'm standing on a solid foundation of God's word. Another way that we can, that, that prophetic worship can be used in spiritual warfare is by interceding for others. We can lift up the needs and concerns of others before God and, and ask him to intervene and bring his healing and restoration to those who are in need. This is particularly powerful when we are interceding for those who are facing spiritual attacks or who are struggling with sin or addiction. By bringing these needs before God in prophetic worship, we are inviting his presence and his power to work in their lives of those who we're praying for. You know, there's... there's there's one of our own that, that's pretty sick right now and, and we've been bombarding heaven with prayers for her. And we're still believing that God's gonna pull it, that she's gonna pull through. Amen. And just in that, she's doing great already. She's doing so much better. It's, it's being able to speak these It's being able to speak the word of God over somebody's life, even in a not great situation. We may see like, oh, this doesn't look that great. But when we begin to prophesy these things, you shall live and you shall not die. The natural can't, the natural has to conform to the supernatural. It has no choice.
shift gears for a minute. How many of you guys have heard of Death Valley? Not the Valley of the Shadow of Death, but actual Death Valley, USA. I told somebody that one time. He goes, oh, yeah, 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 from Psalms. No, not from Psalms. I'm going to read through some, some, uh, uh, some facts about Death Valley because I, there's, there's something really... There's something really cool about this. We, we were um, uh, at another conference, and uh, the, the gentleman speaking was speaking about something completely different, um, but he, he had talked about what I'm fixing to share with you guys, and it just it has been burning in me like, I, I, it's been burning in me ever since. I told everybody that was with us, I said, it was, it, well, of the ones that were with us, it was Pat and, and, uh, and Noe that would probably be speaking up here. I said, neither one of y'all better steal my, this is, this is my illustration right here. Y'all better not take it. <clears throat> but Death Valley is a desert valley in Eastern California in the Northern Mojave Desert. Death Valley has long, extremely hot summers, short, mild winters, and little rainfall. The valley is extremely dry because it lies in the rain shadow of four major mountain ranges. Moving moisture, uh, moisture moving inland from the Pacific Ocean must pass eastward over the mountains to reach Death Valley. So coming from the Pacific, the mountains, basically the mountains are stopping it and pushing the air up, right? As the air is pushed up, it's cooled, and then it, it begins to condense and fall as rain or snow onto the mountains. By the time the air from the Pacific reaches Death Valley, it's nothing but dry air. Severe heat and dryness contribute to this perpetual drought-like conditions in Death Valley and prevent much cloud formation uh, from from even passing through the confines of the valley. The, de- the, sh- the depth and shape of Death Valley strongly influence its climate. The valley is long, is a, is a long narrow basin that, that descends below sea level and is walled by high steep mountain ranges. The clear dry air and sparse plant cover uh, allow the, the heat on the desert surface to just climb. The nights, summer nights, it's usually between 82 and 98 degrees Fahrenheit at night. Moving masses of superheated air blow through the valley. I'm going somewhere with this. So. <clears throat> they creating extremely high ambient temperatures. The highest surface temperature ever recorded in Death Valley was 201 degrees Fahrenheit, which is the highest ground surface temperature ever recorded on Earth, as well as the only recorded surface temperature above 200 degrees Fahrenheit. The greatest number of consecutive days with this maximum temperature of at least 100 degrees Fahrenheit was 154 days in the summer of 2001. In 96, had 40 days of over 120 degrees Fahrenheit consecutive. In 1917, 
had 52 days with the temperature reached 120 degrees Fahrenheit or above, 43 of those were consecutive as well. The valley only gets a rough average of two inches of rain annually. And on top of that, the grounds of Death Valley are composed of rocky salt flats and sand dunes. Under normal circumstances, Death Valley is a hard place for anything to live. The picture here is, that's what it looks like. However, there is a rare event that occurs on the desert landscape of Death Valley. It's when it's covered with a blanket of wildflowers. This event is called the superbloom and only occurs when the region receives an unusually large amount of rainfall. This leads to the flowering of seeds that have been dormant for years. I'll spare you the, the rest of the uh, facts about it. It's an unpredictable event that, that only can occur after an extremely wet winter or spring. And I'm telling you guys, when I first heard this, God began to download some, like, some crazy stuff into my spirit. It was one of those deals where it's like, <laughs> uh, just, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sci-fi geek, uh, and so it was like Neo being plugged into the Matrix for the first time. <gasps> He's like, I want more. That's my Keanu Reeves impression. Here's, here's what, here's the thing that I want to share with you. God has already placed seeds inside of each of you. He's already given you a hope and a future. Maybe you feel like the Lord has, has, has given you dreams and visions years ago that have not come into fruition. They haven't grown. They went nowhere. Like, God, you gave me this dream. Like, I think, I, I think I'm going to start this business. God, I feel like God told me to start this business. I feel like God told me I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a preacher. I feel like God told me I'm going to be a singer, a worship leader. I feel like God told me I'm going to teach Sunday school, but it's never happened, right? Those seeds were planted in you. Maybe you received a prophetic word about an undesirable situation being overturned for the good, right? Or a or a loved one coming to know salvation or coming back to Christ, but yet they're still living like hell. 
Maybe you've been praying for a loved one's health, right? Maybe you have lost all hope and allowed the enemy to steal your joy. The seeds of the desert floor, here's what I want you to understand. The seeds of the desert floor of Death Valley will never bloom until the mountain ceases to seal ceases to steal the moisture of the life-giving Pacific winds. It is time to recognize the mountain that is in your life that has been sucking the life from those seeds that, are in, that God has placed in you. How does this tie into prophetic worship? That's how, we, that's how we recognize the mountains. Because there's a lot of times we, we don't, God, I don't know why I'm struggling. I don't know why I'm dealing with this. I don't know why. God, why did you tell me this? And I, I ain't doing nothing with it. When, it, when is it going to happen? It, it's a... Uh, we have to recognize the mountain for what it is. It's stealing our life. It's stealing our joy. It's stealing the only thing that can bring those, those seeds to life. And once you recognize them, what do we do? We begin to prophesy to that mountain with the words of Jesus Christ himself. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, you may be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Come on, let me, let me just say this. That, that, was a, uh, that was an amen moment for, you, for everybody. That was a free one. That, that, When you are praying, first forgive anyone that holds a grudge against you so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Man, you may not be a musician or a singer. You may not, may not be skilled with flags or dancing. But you can do as Elijah and call a musician. You can press play on, on whatever whatever your music streaming service of choice is and play some worship music and just begin to prophesy to your situation. You begin to prophesy to that mountain, get up and get out of my way. I'm sick and tired of you. You are not doing anything. I pray that I just prophesy that thing out of your way. <laughs> just say mountain, you will not steal from me anymore. You will not steal from my family. Speak life and hope and joy in my situation. It's time to rise up, mighty warrior. Defeat the adversary with the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that we entered into some prophetic worship this morning. Jessica picked the, the set list. She, she does that all the time. And I was going one way with the sermon. 
And then I realized that I was going to be in the middle of Pastor Noe's sermon series. So I said, I better conform to this. And, and I, I, uh, I said, well, I was already working on this. I was already working on, on this Death Valley thing. It was burning in me. And I said, God, I don't know how this is going to, how can I, how is this going to tie in? But he said, you have to recognize the mountain. You've got to be able to see the mountain. Because not every mountain is visible. Luke, I want to share Luke 10, 19 and 20. It says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Prophetic worship brings a spiritual breakthrough and transformation. We open ourselves to the power and presence of the Holy Spirit allowing him to work in our lives and those around us. This will lead to transformation in your life and your situation. like there's somebody this morning here that these words are knocking on your door You haven't seen your today your best days yet. Your best days in ministry aren't over. I believe that God wants to breathe life in every situation this morning. the prayer team to come up and I'm just going to close in prayer and I'm just believing that if you have a need this morning if this if this message has has moved in your heart and stirred you I should just come forward and let somebody pray with you this morning 
I'm believing that God is going to do a mighty work in your life. I'm believing that there's, there's going to be some transformation in your life that, that the unbelievers in your life are going to look at you and be like, what happened to you? What changed? Like you had something. God, I pray that your words, God, I pray that your life-giving words would move in us this morning. God, I pray that you... for everybody here this morning, God. God, that they would be encouraged knowing that there is a way to identify what is going on in their lives. There is a way to enter into your courts. There is a way to, to entertain your presence. For your will to be done here on earth. pray as we go out that that we will God I pray as we go out that we will just begin to move in your presence we will move in the prophetic God we would recognize when you're speaking to us and hear your voice God when you're talking to us God I pray that we would be obedient that we would have faith and expectancy Pray that you would bless everyone here this morning as we leave. God, I just pray for a great week. I pray for their lives, that they would be changed. I pray that their family lives would be healed and mended, and that though their, their loved ones would come to know you. I pray that their loved ones would return to you, God. In the name of Jesus, I praise you, Lord, this morning. Praise you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Guys, if you, uh, this ain't easy to, to stop. I feel, I, I know God is moving and you're dismissed, but I just, you ain't gotta go. <laughs> There's people that wanna pray with you. I just, I just encourage you if, you, if you need prayer this morning, come forward and don't stop. Don't let your ego get in the way. If you need salvation, if you need healing, if you need just a, if you need God to move in your life, come on. We got time. this real quick as we leave or as we as we're about to leave let's go back
Yeah, let's go back and raise a hallelujah. Guys, I want you guys, I want us to all just begin to prophesy these words over our lives. No matter what you're going through, if we just raise a hallelujah.
love the presence of God. Lord, let this congregation be encouraged as they leave this today, God. As they go about their way this week, God, I pray that they would remember, God, that in every situation, all they have to do is begin to prophesy your words. Sing out in the spirit. be blessed as you leave thank you for joining us for the harvest time church podcast we hope you've been encouraged and empowered if you'd like more information about our family please write us at 42 fm 2540 south bay city texas 77414 or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com